one. Welcome back to the Pariah Podcast. This pod has officially hit double digits. We are on episode 10, coming off a very, very exciting game week. I'm reporting to you live from New York City. If you notice a change of background, I appreciate you because no one's watching on YouTube. Uh, joining me today, I have Faris, Nabir, and Mahmoud. The cast you know, you know, and you love. Um, so without further ado, there's a lot of football to talk about today. So I don't yes, want to put on my thumbs. Let's get straight into it. And I'm not going to tease you guys by holding the big topics for later like some of these podcasters do. We're going to get straight into the meat and the potatoes. We're gonna the, talk the Chelsea City game. I'm going to be honest, brother. Chelsea had maybe the two greatest Premier League games of all time back to back on our heads. And I was paying close attention to both of them. We had a comment today. Okay. On one we of had a comment. Today. Yeah, they Let's said. Let's go. They said, "Why are Chelsea fans chatting like they won? City is still first on the table, and Chelsea are tenth. Talk to him, bro. Actually, before you talk to him, let me talk to him for you. Let him have their moment, man. All right, go for it, dude. Come on, man. We all know tenth is just temporary, dude. Oh, that result. That result is gonna is gonna push us on. I know that for sure. And I'm telling you, dude. Like against bigger teams. We, we, we know what to do. And once we just sort out the whole deep block problem, you know, learn how to score <laughs> against 10 men and all that stuff, I think I think we'll, we're back on track. That's what I'll say. Come on, bro. Get That's at it with more venom. That was too nice. No, only <laughs> problem is, bro, there's only like six good teams. <laughs> you kinda, you gotta no, we're 10th, man. Right. That means there's there's nine good teams ahead of us. No, hey, he, uh, You guys saw what Pep said. He had a little bit of a dig at Arsenal. Yeah. Saying that did he really? We're not, yeah. we're not low bro anymore. They asked him about Chelsea and he started talking about Liverpool Art. and Arsenal. Real estate. We got a four-bedroom condo in his mind. We no, I missed that quote, dude. Yeah, man. It is what it is. We're one of the big boys now. But what I'll say to you, Forrest, I don't think it's just big teams that you guys are good against. We have to be more specific. You're good against teams that push up against you. What mm. happens now if, let's say a manager without ego, wisens up. Like, let's say a Brighton comes. Let's say a <laughs> Liverpool comes. And they're like, hold on. We know you can't attack a low block. I'm going to just sit here. And I'm a counterattack, as has been my bread and butter forever with these pacey wingers. What do you do then? No, that's a good question. Um, I think the two teams you used in that example probably wouldn't change the, how they play, um, Brighton and Liverpool. But, like, I agree with you. When we go to Newcastle next, they'll, they'll still back. They'll sit back and, and yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm like, I feel like the confidence we got from that, I know it's just a draw, but like the two games we played, Spurs and Man City, the confidence we got from that to push on to like play sides that we're struggling against, I think, I think, I think we'll, we'll do okay. Because one thing we played Brentford in this past stretch, you know, that was the only loss we've had in like the last eight games. Even in the Brentford game, we created chances. We didn't put them away. But like, I think a lot of our players are hitting form at the right time right now. Even even Nico Jackson, who we can talk about later, but I think um, uh, Sterling, Shush, Palmer, man. those guys. <laughs> Dude, he but, was on one. Do you see him like he was pushing Cole Palmer to go celebrate in front of the city fans? Yeah, bro. He shushed shush Kovacic mid-conversation. I've never seen a dude do that. No, no, he. It was fun, dude. That that match was fun in general. Even like you know, you want to win, obviously, but it was just crazy to see us come back from being down four times. Um, 
But yeah, I'm I'm excited for the next stuff. I'm excited to just play any team right now. I'm like kind of on a high for that. And yeah, we're 10th to go back to the comment, but 10th by like a couple points, man. We're like three, four off, like four spots. Like I think come halfway through the season, I think we'll be up closer to where we want to be. Six, seven rounder right now. Far I said 10th Eight. hype, man. Ten <laughs> hype. I mean, you know, the wow, I mean, I watched the game. Um mm-hmm. I genuinely I, I genuinely was impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a huge way, The way you guys were able to just penetrate not only their midfield, but just create a consistent attack after attack after attack. You know, we've struggled with City, both mm-hmm. home and away, over the past several seasons. And I can say, I don't think we have ever put out a performance like you all have from an attacking standpoint where consistent attack after attack after attack, like you has made so many chances just mm-hmm. opening city up. Um, and unfortunately, like when we played city at home, you know, maybe one I mean, or two I'd, chances. I'd still take the three points, but I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, nah, it, bro, it's about passion. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, the, the passion is involved, but what you all accomplished uh, is not easy and it yeah. deserves some credit. And if anyone's chatting shit about y'all celebrating, go celebrate your dick off. I don't, I don't give a <laughs> shit. Just enjoy it. Yeah. I think, I think one really, really important thing I got from that game is look, the sides struggle all the time. And I think the biggest red flag is when you see a, a team dead on the ground, you know, no fight. Hmm. I don't want to sound like so cliche, but you guys showed bounce back ability. You guys showed resilience. You guys showed fearlessness, right? Getting city had the lead three different times in that game. Yeah. We look, everyone in this pod has experienced the city dagger, right? It's very mm-hmm. easy to go down a goal against city and be like, ah, that's it. This is where they run away with it. Right. Especially like that first goal where it's like a questionable penalty, whatever, whatever, right? Right. For for your boys to get up, pick themselves up, young, young kids, right? And go out there and play the way they did, so impressive to me. And I want to highlight, I know we we kind of, you know, shot on him a little bit last week, but I want to highlight Raheem Sterling. I haven't seen that brother move like that in four years. That was Dude, I think sensational. It was crazy. Like he, him and Cole Palmer, I think they had something against, they had to do something in that game and they did. They got uh, it back in blood, man. It was crazy. Sterling was going at Walker every time. And I've never seen Walker that like shook. Exactly. I've never seen Walker lose composure like that, bro. He he is like the most solid right back in terms of like defending ability. But Sterling had him on like thin ice. Yeah. Got past, yeah, like, and, I, and I had confidence every time Sterling picked up the ball. I was like, get it to Sterling, get it to Sterling. And you compare that with his performance in the Spurs game. Yes, he's the one who, you know, created the move to break the deadlock. But mm-hmm. there was just so much like, I don't know, like I was watching him like, I wish you could do better than this. In the City game, I was like, yo, when is this insanity run going to end? Like everything <laughs> you try is coming off. No, I think I think with Sterling, his problem this whole season has just been consistency. You know, we, we get like a good performance and then we get like, you know, when we play against a deep block team, he's kind of, again, doesn't know what to do, kind of gets locked up. But yeah, today, to, or that uh, that match yesterday was his his time to shine and he was he was going crazy, man. 
Yeah, him Gibbs and, is and battling demons. I'm battling demons right now. <laughs> him and what? It's, it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, Chelsea, you know, over the past decade, mm. I felt like has always been the quote-unquote villain of the Premier League, just in terms of the way they play, the types of players they've had, their main thing when they had their Mourinho era, so hateable. Like, so everyone hated Chelsea with the passion unless you were a Chelsea fan. And it's just given the, you know, past two years and the the form you all are in and the, the rough times, I feel like City has now become that villain in the Premier League that everyone is unanimously against. And it's just, it's, it's quite ironic now looking at the game. It's just like all of us consistently were rooting for Chelsea. Just despite all the shit that we've gone through with Chelsea over the past several years. But I remember I I've like I don't remember the last time I was this excited. Just some some scrappy football, Cole Palmer, baby, just going into that huddle with the city players. I'm like, get get in there, big boy. Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. Oh man. I was lucky bloody blue for the last two weeks. I'm not going to lie. It, it Somebody was... tweeted us Arsenal fans celebrated eight Chelsea goals in the past week. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I did. I truly did. Um, and I think part no, that of was, short... that was a That was a good point, though, like how City are kind of the ones we root against because City is just like inevitable. So like every goal they scored, I was like, I didn't react like to anything because even when we went up, I was like, I mean, they're going to score. Like it just made sense. It, it was obvious. But getting that pen the last minute and getting a draw out of that, like, honestly, I felt like we should have won. That's my, I don't know if that's a hot take. I think a couple of things could have gone our way, but it is what it is. Maybe a draw is the most fair result. I don't know what you guys think. I you definitely you had won. the opportunity. You had the opportunity <laughs> to win it uh, yeah. multiple yeah. times. Uh, City got fortunate. They always get those penalty calls, you know. Holland. Even the goals, even the actual goals, I think it was a little soft from your defense. Like, I'm not uh, gonna lie. That Rodrigo no, no. was so typical, like yeah, like yeah, you know, <laughs> to Silva's leg. For Rodri, we got to talk about what your midfield did to him. That was really impressive. I think every part of your squad, bar your defense, showed a lot. I, I, the one goal that pissed me off the <clears> most <throat> was that free Akanji header. There's yeah. there's yeah. no excuse for that, bro. Like. I don't know what happened there, but figure it. I, I, I feel like the only excuse you have there is that on that same play, we went down a man because Gallagher was just holding Oh, his yeah, leg. hurt. That's true. Yeah, and then hey. they kind of just continued and then pulled yeah. from that free kick. And, but, I mean, I, I don't know. That's just I'm not going to take that away from them. That was really bad from us. Like, I don't know who was marking who. It was just... But it's only but it's that we okay. also scored from a corner that game, too. That was our first goal from a corner. It was a season, great goal. Thiago Silva, yeah. I believe, right? For that equalizer yeah. the first time. I don't know. It was, it was a great game. I really, really did enjoy it. And now we have something tasty developing at the top of the table, right? We have City on 27, Arsenal Liverpool both on 26, with City and Liverpool facing each other in just two weeks' time after this international break. Dude, no matter what, Right, like, no matter what the result is, it's an amazing opportunity for Arsenal to kind of like gain ground on one of them, right? Mm. Or maybe even take the lead in the event of a draw. And it's just like we've been waiting so many years for more than a two-horse race, and I genuinely think we have that. And then if you look just a little bit lower, there's Aston Villa sitting on twenty-five. Just yeah, they've been, I believe on a perfect win streak at home. All their points dropped have been away from home. 
they've made Villa Park like a, a fortress this season. And, you know, we touched on them before. It's really amazing what Unai Emery's doing. I want to kind of gauge your uh, thoughts on a debate that's been popping up. I see people on Twitter debating Mikel Arteta and Unai Emery. Give me your guys' thoughts on what that. What the hell? And it's like, you think it'd go one way, but it, as things stand today, the timeline is landslide in favor of Unai Emery. That's I think, crazy. I think I'd say the simple analysis of Emery is that he handles these, like, not mid-table, but, like, less expectations, less ego. Like, he handles it, handles it brilliantly. And maybe, like, you know, the bigger job at Arsenal was just too much for him at the time. There was too much turmoil with the squad and stuff. But I think with less pressure on him and, you know, players willing to, like, buy into what he wants to do, because I do think he is tactical. Maybe I think the idea of him in England has kind of become, like, a joke, at least during Arsenal, where people don't really credit him with some of the coaching stuff. But I think he he sets up his team really well, and he has just a good collection of, like, you know, I don't know, hard workers. Is that kind of like cliche? I don't know. But what, what do you say to people saying that, you know, Arteta only has the FA Cup to his name, where Emery has numerous European titles, albeit, you know, Europa League ones. He has, I guess, on paper, more pedigree, right? What do you guys say to that? I have my my take. I'll give it after. I mean, how long has Arteta been a manager for? Yeah. Like, what type of comparison is this? But yeah. yeah. But I guess that's their argument, right? Like, why, how could you say that a manager as new as Arteta is better than Unai Emery. And right. you know, people, I think, I think what the distaste with Unai Emery, um, because when Unai first came in, we went on a run and we were 22, playing. 22. Yeah. Unbeaten. I remember we went that. on a run and we had top four in the bag. And we, I think we went three, the last three games of the season, we just lost and we just, Tossed away top four, lost Europa League. To his um, credit, the point total we got that season would have been enough for top four in 19 out of the last, I think, 20 seasons, with the one exception being the one he got it in. So but I, I think I think the issue with Emery is we did not see what his overall plan was in terms of not only in this style of play but recruitment and the players he was bringing in and also like the transition of the club moving forward because we had had Arsene Wenger for so long and the club culture at that time became was incredibly toxic. Um, and it may have been just because of his, you know, language barrier and gap and he wasn't able to yeah. connect with the fans as, as, as well. Whereas with Arteta coming in, you know, he was a former player we all recognize him. We kind of gave him a bit more time because we'll be desperate just thinking, you know, what what other option do we have right now? Like, let's just stick with Arteta. And I think from all fronts, from culture of the club, from style of play, from recruitment, yeah, we've had some duds like William. You can maybe even say Havertz might be one that we're going to – I'll give him some time. But – so many things have gone in Arteta's favor that I don't think it's comparable, uh, to be quite honest with you. Mikel is in my book. Um, I would never go back to Emery. To give you some pushback, right? Mm -hmm. With the recruitment point, I do remember when Emery did not get many of his first choice signings, right? Like the summer we got Nicholas Pepe, he wanted Wilfred Zaha. Whether Zaha would be working out better, who knows, right? 
he's playing in Turkey right now, same as Pepe. So we we can't really you know defend him too much. But who knows what would have happened, right? Um, and that was his biggest signing. And the other thing I'd say about you know like building the club up from ground zero again, like Arteta has done, he didn't really have that privilege, right? Like I think our leadership needed a buffer between Wenger to kind of understand that, hey, we need to blow this whole thing up and start again. But that being said, I do actually agree with you. And I think the point I'd raise is if you were to build a club from zero and you had the choice of picking Unai Emery or Mikel Arteta, I think I know what every single person that watches the Premier League would pick. And, you know, if you pick otherwise, fair enough. But I think the grand majority of people would pick Mikel Arteta. And if and if you want to use the trophies point, right, let's do like a more contentious example. How many Premier League clubs today would take on Jose Mourinho? He's one of the most decorated coaches of all time, right? But trophies won in the past, I don't think, are indicative of future success. And more importantly, if you look at the trophies Unai Emery has won, it's like a couple French leagues and a couple Europa leagues, right? He's never won the Spanish title, never won the Premier League, never won the Champions League, right? And for a manager that's been, you know, as tenured as he has in the clubs that he has been at, like PSG, it could be argued he should have more. Um, that's I probably kinda... wouldn't. I probably would take Arteta too, but I think, like, I would give Emery more respect than maybe he gets in this argument just because I think he's a good manager and he's at a place that suits him. But, yeah, to your point, I probably would start with Arteta too. I think Emery Stocks just took a insane hit when uh, Barca did the comeback against his PSG side. I think yeah. a lot of football fans that watch that game have that impression of him looking like a – Oh, there's the dog. There's the <laughs> there socks. Woo! Uh, have the impression of him looking like a vampire, hair slicked back, just going you no, know! um, and looking. I, don't think I think the, the I, British culture didn't help out either. You know. Yeah, for sure. That was kind of that was kind of messed up on him on us. But I think um, I think I think I agree with Faris about like he 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 does his best with what he's got, and he produces the maximum they can produce. Mm-hmm. It's just I didn't think he's a he's a man for the like top clubs like he he's yeah. very very good for the mid clubs to like you know even excel their expectations whatever they have and uh, produce what they I, I think he has good talent idea I think I believe he brought in Saliba for us he uh, graduated Saka and all that stuff I think he has that but uh, I just feel like maybe pressure and how to you know grow the club in the future and lay foundations to kind of. Uh, fall to base. Uh, fall onto if things don't go wrong, things do go wrong. That's what he struggles with. I feel like, you know, at the moment he will produce, but also like looking back, I just looked back on the Aston Villa fixtures. You know, there's not really any crazy like wins that he's had that kind of shows like, oh, he's gonna like do mad things this season. Like there's like teams that he should be beating, he's beating because because Villa is not like a small club anymore they made some big transfers you know and i feel like yeah, they have uh, they have money to spend yeah Let, let's then, talk about their next four right and they within yeah, their next four the three they play are spurs city and then arsenal and the gap between the city and arsenal games is three days um and both those games are at home so i think it's pretty safe to say i hope i don't regret these words that that home undefeated streak or winning streak will be stopped sometime in the week of December 6th to the 9th. They have Spurs um, next, you said? Spurs next. 
So while we're on that, let's let's jump over to I guess the Spurs game that happened this past week, where they collapsed in true Spursy fashion, uh, with goals in the ninety first and the ninety seventh minute, snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory as Spurs <laughs> always do. Uh, let me hear you guys' takes on it. Dude, I feel bad for them, man. I can't even lie. I, I do not at all. <laughs> this is good food, bro. Oh, I, look, I don't have the same relationship to Spurs as you guys do. Fam, you're not a Chelsea fan, fan, then. They don't like them either. They don't <laughs> like no, them I either. Don't, I don't like them. I'm just saying. The bro, situation they hate in, you. What are you talking about? They hate you. Okay, okay. We hate each other. But, dude, <laughs> losing, losing so many of your key players in, like, 15 minutes and then wah, going to this wah. game. Wah, you know, wah. sorry. Someone else talk about. It. Someone else talk about. It. I don't want. I'm not gonna win this. I mean, we just say we we knew this was gonna happen. Of course, <laughs> we this knew. Happens, guys. This nah, dude. Happen. No, we did. This is how we drew it up. I've been saying this. I've been saying this for weeks. This is the history of the Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> this is how they do. They always concede under pressure. If their team didn't like lose four starters in a day, I'm pretty Dude, sure the they four starterless team was up one nil in the 90 minute. In the 90th minute, they're up one nil with the, all their starters gone. Lock it up for eight minutes. Not gonna lie. That's that first goal for Wolf. Oh my god, Pablo Sarabia. Take a bow. Nasty. Take a bow, man. That's I think goal man. of the season contender. That's just like pure football. And but the second goal. Look, we talked about Anja's high line. He did the complete opposite. These men were holding the line <laughs> in the penalty box. It took one leap from him, and he was through on goal. It was the craziest thing yeah, ever. Even 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 when you uh when you see the Wolves celebration after their first goal, they they, they were like happy. They're like, all right, let's celebrate it out. Let's waste some time, yeah. get it done. And they saw that one opportunity, and they took full advantage. Honestly, Wolves deserve that, though. The shit they've been going through recently, they, they need something like that. <laughs> they also Wolves played incredibly players. well on the day. Like, they also... Mm. Wolves did not... It's not like a, this is a snatch and grab. Right, they right, right. deserved right. the win. Like They had they, a lot of sitters they missed early yeah. on in the mm. game, and I think they got what they deserved. But I think if you're a Tottenham fan, you're sitting there with three points in your hand with eight minutes of stoppage time left. You got to be able to see that out if you're serious about a title charge, Right. Let alone at like a top four charge in this league. Uh, I think those are points they're going to very much regret losing. Um, but on the flip side of the coin, they've stolen three points against like Sheffield in the 90 plus. Yeah. Seven so like it all works out in the end. Um, I oh, Look, let's let's be serious for a moment. They do have players out. Um, these injuries got confirmed to be pretty bad. I think both Van de Ven and Madison are out at least until 2024. Romero's, of course, mm-hmm. suspended. Yugo, Yudogi, while being suspended, got injured in training. No um, shot. I didn't hear that. It was his hamstring. Um, and But it, it's it's like assessed, and apparently it's not that bad. But again, you have a player who has a knock. It's not looking good. But listen, like we've always maintained on this podcast, injuries are a part of the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't complain when once they happen. You have to be prepared. And Spurs did not have a squad. Am I saying they should? Am I demanding that they should have a squad? No, they're they're in a rebuild phase. I think a title challenge is always a little too soon this season. Yeah. But a lot of them didn't think so. Uh, and I'm here to say, I told you so. 
Um, but no one even like no one was seriously considering a Spurs. You know, bro, I've been seeing um, Premier League account tweet propaganda for the last two and a half months. Bro, Uh, can we talk about the fact that the athletic who who really won the game though? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) after um, uh, Chelsea smacked up Spurs, the athletic. Oh my god, such a such a a beta newspaper. (laughs) They tweet, huh. Chelsea take the points on the day, but who really won? <laughs> Peak journalism, bro. I, mean, I, I, just, I think it's Spurs. It has to do with the Spurs. fact that they they can't really um like you know this is like Spurs hasn't been in title condition for a long time, and I feel like this is their chance to like just boost as many things as they got for Spurs. Like it's like it's like you know when you don't care for a team to win too much, you just like. Say all the things you want to say, and they're just Bro, like exploding. Edge, Edge won three manager of the months in a row. Yeah, what? There's yeah. only been three. He's not at four. Listen, listen, last season, you know, around this time, we were unstoppable. Um, none of us were convinced in November that we were going to challenge for exactly. And that's the difference, yeah. I think. We were all hesitant January. about ourselves. January, none of us were convinced. <laughs> February, I started drinking the Kool-Aid and we saw As soon it. as we were convinced, we but, fell apart. <laughs> homie, you can't think you're in a title challenge in October, November. Like, focus on yeah. finishing top four first. You just lost your best player, arguably, in the history of your entire club, okay? <laughs> Damn. 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 Yeah, no. Nah, the yeah. athletic, the athletic are hilarious, man. I just think when when Ange is like the the tactical guy, like the new shiny toy of the prem, like they're gonna hype him up, and yeah, no, that, that article was funny. But I, you know, I, maybe I don't feel bad now, but it, it is kind of just like insane how their season just flipped in like a week, like a, a game, game. Basically, I love this All game. All thanks it's so to Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah, um, at, my, uh, at my wedding, one of my buddies is a Tottenham fan, and he gave me a high five, being like, "Top of the table, buddy." I'm like, "Damn!" Now you got to give him a dialogue. Like, bottom of the table, buddy. Um, so let's talk, let's go over some of the other fixtures. Um, let's browse over them. Everton got a win. Look at that, right? Um, uh, applause for Everton. Uh, West Ham got a win. I think I don't think they've won in the last two weeks, so that that was pretty important for them. Um, Liverpool put away Brentford pretty comfortably. Um, Luis Diaz yeah, got his... had some chances, you know. They uh, did. Brentford they did. are a scary team, man. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I think we play them next. We do. I am a little bit scared about that. Something else I enjoyed thoroughly um, was the mighty Bournemouth taking down Newcastle, the Ooh. absolute fakest club in the world. We talked earlier about City becoming the new biggest villains. I don't even think Chelsea are second anymore. Scratch that. Move them down a column and throw those guys at Newcastle in there because they are not a real institution. They're a made-up club (laughs) that benefit directly from Saudi intervention and geopolitics. Come on, man. That's right. Come Um, on, man. And I'm going to make sure nobody forgets that. Um, And they lost. And I was very happy about it. I'm not even going to talk too much about them. They don't deserve it. Um, next game I want to touch on is Man United won a game, guys. And oh. uh, it was against Luton. It was a hard-fought victory, 1-0. They just edged it 
Um, and as United fans have been bragging about all week, they're now only seven points away from top spot. Who would have thought? And they sit sixth. Take it away. I don't know who to compare them to, except like Man United sides of the past, where you play like this just not uh, like awful football, kind of just smash and grab. And it, I've seen this, I've seen them do this under Mourinho, Van Hal, you know, even Ole. So like, you know, give them the win, I guess. Like Latin beat Liverpool too. Like, I guess they're a side that are, are difficult to play. But I, I, I don't know how you can watch, you know, I think they just lost to Copenhagen in the Champions League. And now oh this, God. like, like the that- performances have not been good at all in their wins and their losses. So like, sure, you take three points, but like, I'm not worried about them at all in, in any tough or any type of challenge. Dude, the the performances they're putting out are perfect for a longer ten hot tenure, and that's what I love. That yeah. man's popping the ones coming back. This is exactly what we've been waiting for. Because <laughs> uh, if he didn't win that game, we yeah. would we would have probably got a comunicado oficial from Manchester <laughs> United uh, announcing somebody as interim. Um, I just think, look, United are different from Chelsea in that. Even when they're winning, their players look disinterested. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't think everyone there is on the same page. I really do believe Bruno Fernandes is mentally very, very invested in that club. Like, he, he, I think, has bad days when United aren't winning. But a lot of the other guys, I don't think they care that much. Um, So, like, I don't... I'll say that the, the selection has been really weird recently. Like some of the guys he's playing because he's gotten a few guys back of injury, and and yes, you know, as a Chelsea fan, I am just confused as to the Mason Mount signing in general now, because it seems like that was very much Ten Hag push, and now he doesn't even play it. Like it's so weird to me. I'm not there to say that he's like bad that he shouldn't be playing. It just doesn't make sense. Like why even go after him if he's not even pushing? Like McTominay is starting, and sure, McTominay yeah. has won them some games, but like long term, like. I don't. I don't know what. Is I, I think. I think God has intervened because Erickson is now injured and Mount will be forced to play. Oh, um, I know that. so that could be, I guess, uh, a turn for them. Mm-hmm. But if Mason Mount's the guy you're counting on to turn it around, you might be finished. Um, I don't know. It's not looking too no good. No comment. For yeah, you've been in those shoes, Forrest. I just think. Look, I, I'm seeing people on Twitter talking about. Oh, United, it's it's better for them to get knocked out of the Champions League so that they have one game a week and can focus on the league. Focus on the league to do what? Avoid relegation? I don't you better get as much Champions League revenue as you can this season because it's not gonna come again. Like it's um I feel like Manchester United over the past 10 years has been this constant cycle of rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. <laughs> the style of play the the managers they all bring in all predictable mm-hmm. all implement some play style and they the the recruitment has been pretty mm-hmm. terrible oh, awful. <laughs> like, yeah, awful. Not good. like not incredibly good. terrible like when was the last time i think the last time i was actually impressed by manchester united i think was maybe opening weekend two years ago when United played Chelsea mm-hmm. um, and yeah, before zero and young United squad 
like we were thinking, oh, is this is this the new Man U? Because we had never seen something like that before. We just consistently saw all these superstars or big money buys and their little mm-hmm. fancy haircuts and little dabs and whatever the hell they want to try to dance <laughs> on the Emirates and things like that. But I don't know. Like they keep bringing in these new managers and new players, but it all looks like the same recycled garbage i, I mean yeah. I, I call it that but I, no one's ever impressed and like you know they get these wins and they get these results but we all look like yeah but they don't play good football and like you nothing, said nothing feels like, like sustainable with them yeah and then what's, anytime- what's the end goal what's the end goal like you know oh we're, we're gonna get points in the prem but to do what like <laughs> honestly to do what they're in purgatory and it's really Really fun to watch. Uh, they're another club I'd never, ever feel bad for. I can already kind of hear them typing, uh, saying, oh, but we have injuries, da 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 Again, every team in the Premier League has to deal with injuries. My club, Arsenal, are currently without, I believe, five starters. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Partey, Ben White, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, I'm going to throw him in there, uh, Gabby yeah. Jesus. It's just like, deal with it. Everyone else has to find a way. It's not an excuse. You've invested oh well over 400 million, right? While Ten Hag's been here. Like it's it's just blah 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 but blah. Do you blah. think do you think he deserves to be sacked if he's never fielded his best team? Bro, beat Copenhagen. That's not that's, a real team. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like uh, and I, and I think they play Galatasaray after the international break. Bro, and they're not going to have um, Rashford, Rashford or Hoyland. Hoyland is now injured. But I mean, or... also it's just like I don't think the guy deserves to be sacked. Regardless, like how yeah, can you? Either. How can you expect there to be any change if it's another cycle of rinse and repeat? Like, let's, no, but, right, but 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 look, I'll me. push back on that because these are his guys. A lot of this team is his. They are. They are his guys. But you, I mean, at some point, and I know you know people have different opinions about this, but. All those other managers that have been through United, those were also their quote unquote guys. Lukaku to Pogba to even Di Maria, whatever. Like, those the managers went out and wanted to get them. And regardless of what had happened at this point, it's it's becoming so predictable. Like, if United get another manager, yes, somehow they'll go on some sort of run for a Mm. while. And then it'll all come tumbling down eventually. And we'll have the same conversation again. And then, like, in the meantime, like, when these new managers come in, yeah, they have a couple good games. They get results. But no one really sees an identity there. Even Gary Neville is having these arguments with Carragher about, we don't know this type of football Manchester United plays anymore because it's always something different every week. And he starts blaming the owners and blah, 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 whatever. No, but I, I will say it is definitely a bigger indictment on the people above, like the directors that are really in charge of who's getting hired and, and sanctioning these signings. Because I've seen certain managers, even the best managers, there's been pushback on some of their signings, you know? Like Pep wanted, like Fred got turned down. Pep wanted Jorginho, got turned down. You know, hey, ch- hey, chill a- out, Jorginho, bro. <laughs> But I've seen, you know, managers like not get the guy they want. Even Pochettino's had some questionable wants. So you need someone that sure has a smart footballing mind to like balance out with the manager. Like giving Ten Hag immediately so much control and who comes in, it just does not seem like a smart decision. And I don't know if that's supposed to be like, we didn't give enough control to Mourinho. 
or Ole. So we're going to try to change that. But whoever's running these, and I don't even think it's Woodward anymore. I don't know who they have in their board. Woodward left. And, and I think maybe this is something that'll change with the introduction of Ratcliffe's uh, leadership. But who knows? I personally think uh, when Ferguson left, he put some type of black magic on the club. So he's forever remembered as the greatest and no one eclipses him. Uh, I just think they're doomed. Um, and I don't think that's going to change. Um, another thing, I think that's yeah. everything for Premier League, unless you guys want to United some... shit on sesh. Yeah, I, I think that's enough. Hold them back. Um, We're not going to talk about Arsenal at all. Look, we won. It was fun. Bro, we talk about Arsenal in every segment, dude. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I kind of sprinkle it in throughout. It's uh, we get it in there. Look, we won. It was a great win. We, we're keeping ourselves for as badly we're playing on offense. I think we're keeping ourselves in the conversation, and that's all we need to do until January, when hopefully we get our guys back. Um, I just think defensively we just look so good. The goal we conceded was like a deflection. Uh, Tommy Asu honestly got kind of pooped on but we won't talk about it because we won the game um i'm just looking forward to what mikhail is able to do once he does not even get all his guys back just like one or two um very excited for that who, who i did want to talk about is uh endrick um because like the transition bro I, I i saw i don't know if you guys are familiar 17 year old kid out of one of the brazilian clubs i think it's fluminese some, forgive me if I'm saying that wrong or if I got the club wrong altogether. This guy is the guy Madrid is targeting. Well, basically mm-hmm. has wrapped up. The mm-hmm. goals he's scoring, not, not just in training, in games. He His foot is like the type to cause a concussion to Martin Odegaard. Like he's banging him. And he showed up. He got called up to the Brazil senior team as a 17-year-old. And he showed up looking like the second coming of Pele. I just thought we talk about that four letter word that begins with A all the time. And mm. he embodied it, man. What a footballer. You know, I, I saw the picture, you know, I don't even know if Mahmoud knows who this is. The What's the, the four letter A word? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Forrest, enlighten him. I don't want to say it, dude. Oh, aura. It's, it's aura, dude. It's aura. It's all aura. 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 As the Spanish would say it. Um, but I just kind of wanted to glaze him a little bit. Just in case he turns out good, I could say I told you so. Um, <laughs> that's it for the pod this week. Short Wait, this week. Is, uh, I saw, is Jesus fit for the Brazil squad? So what happened was, I spoke to my guys <laughs> over there in Brazil. Um, so basically, Arsenal has said he's injured. But international... Mm-hmm footballing bylaws state that should a national team want to perform their own checks, they shall. I believe this happened pretty recently with Bukayo Saka in the England camp. We said he was injured. They said, hold on, let me let me take a look. And it wasn't a big deal because Bukayo Saka lives in England. But <laughs> Brazil are having this injured dude fly 11 hours to Brazil and 11 hours back while recovering. And I just think, look, we talk all day about endangering players and these congested schedules. Now you have players' own countries absolutely disregarding their health. Um, for their sake, I hope Jesus isn't injured so they don't look like idiots. Um, I mean, injured is such a subjective term these days. Like, is injured actually, like, injured? <laughs> Only probably- for Arsenal, dude. You guys have fake injuries. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh- <laughs> look, I, 
I think the reason we've developed fake injuries is single-handedly Thomas Partey's fault. Um, Brody would... Nah, nah, nah. It, it's Mikel Arteta's fault. My boy no. is very sketchy. He, look, look Mikel Arteta <laughs> lies, but I, I think the lying began after the second time Partey was on the brink of recovery, decided to play a soul out for Ghana, and got injured again. It's happened twice. And Arteta was like, nah, man, we're going to send you out there with our own physios. We're going to say you're injured, yada, yada, yada. And he still finds a way to get injured. Most frustrating player, both in real life and on the pitch. Um, but I don't want to start on that. Um, that was this week's pod. Uh, we love to love your showing us on TikTok. We love to love your showing us on Instagram. Check us out. We're, we're there on all platforms, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. On Audible, on Amazon mm. Podcasts, on, on YouTube. Audible, Listen, bro, if you're on a long car ride or you don't like our faces, just throw the audio on. You'll, you'll enjoy yourselves. Uh, if you want to see our faces, we're always there for you on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok. Check us out. Keep listening. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll be back soon, hopefully. Um, thank you, guys. We're going to have a lovely pacing session next week. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>